Welcome to Your Creativity, the podcast that hasn't been banned yet. Not, not yet. Not yet. That's our goal this year. Yeah. We're going up a notch. Well, okay, but Dylan, we have like, we have talent today. Yep. Could you tell? We that? usually don't. We just have me and you and. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Forget that. Like, yeah. we have Jessica, who's way better than us. Much better. <laughs> and we have some of the Backyard Revival. And that's Brian and Sarah Little Drum. Woo! Brian Bingham, Woo. Sarah Little Drum. <laughs> do you, you, you want to go as Brian Little Drum also? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brian it's okay. Drum. It's okay because my husband Dan is actually Dan Big Drum, so he won't get jealous. No, it just makes sense. Brian and Sarah Little Drum makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. Drum. Or Petite Drum. I would be Petite Drum. Mm. Well, regardless of what it is, we are, yes, we are here. Okay, but I've known you guys for years. I know. It's been going a while. How long have you been a band? Uh, It's coming up on five years. Wow. So I probably met you when you first started. Yeah, at least that first year. Wow. Yeah, I think it was the summer. So we started playing, we started communicating in the like later winter spring time and then we had our first show in may at the state room and then i think we played here probably in august maybe in the summertime the first time it was before the i didn't realize that you were you were wait we were guinea pigs for you hatch family chocolates was a guinea pig for you yes oh totally yeah but you know i'm very gentle and kind to my guinea pigs so no no harm done there well yeah but yeah it's been a while i can't believe that five years that's crazy. Yeah. And you guys have been the founding members? Yeah, so Brian, yeah, Brian tell him. And Brian, I'm having trouble picking up you, so I don't... Can you and Sarah share if possible? I don't know oh, what's going on. Oh, yeah, the microphone's on. not good? We can share. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Brian. Uh, Brian reached. At, Brian saw me um, playing, and we, you know the small Salt Lake scene. We were friends on Facebook and whatnot. And um, yeah, he he saw what I did and how my voice was, and was like, I think this would be a really good fit. And he sent me, you know, some samples of his tunes, and I was instantly very excited. I was actually um, living down in Austin, Texas, to try to see if I wanted to move there. I was kind of on like a one month lease. And as soon as I went down there, things just started pulling me back to Salt Lake and the Backyard Revival was a huge, huge thing. And I'm so glad I came back. I mean, Austin is pretty cool, but I would say Backyard Revival is way better. Yeah, I'm better than Austin. Everybody, Mm -hmm. better than Austin. (laughs) They put that in their tourism ads. (laughs) Brian's better than Austin. Can't see Brian Bingham. Come, come visit Austin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's totally what they're at. It's kind of true. I mean, honestly, to be fair, I really enjoyed my time, and it was really cool down there. But there was just something about it where it just didn't do it for me, you know. And um, Well, so explain that. Then what was the draw then to stay in Utah? What, how would you describe the music scene here? And, mm. I mean, Austin's pretty well established. But I don't think people realize how cool of a music scene we have in Utah. 
Yeah. I think the the main thing that I experienced is the the small tight knitness of Salt Lake really provides a great um, kind of playground to experiment and explore where as in Austin there's so much going on there's so many different bands and there's a lot of like people coming in and out and traveling through the city where you don't really like connect as deeply like for instance when I started playing shows here you know I would I would recognize faces that came to the show and I would get to see them years. I mean, now even, you know, I have fans and friends that I've known for years and I get to sing about them. I get to sing to them and they get to see me grow. And um, it's just that sense of community community and camaraderie that I really love about uh, Salt Lake City music scene. I'll second that. <laughs> Brian's definitely like the talker of the band. He's yeah. He can be. Well, I, I'm holding the microphone. That's why I'm like, I feel bad. I took it. Is it catching him? Is that better? Yeah, yeah tr try it now. I think. Check, check. Yeah, there that we go. That's good. Okay. Yeah, I think I just had it too low and wasn't seeing it. I can be a mumbler. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. He's very good pronunciation. That raspy voice. It's this deep, sexy, raspy voice of mine. <laughs> I do love that about Brian's voice, actually. Something I really love about singing with him is like that our voices, we both like to kind of span from very pure and like clear yeah. to getting in a little bit more of that soft, soulful texture. Which is really showcased at the Civil War show that we got coming oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So for me, the Civil Wars was introduced to me from a friend. How did you guys same, know of them? Same deal. And the friend that introduced me to the Civil Wars, she and I don't really have a lot of crossover with, with what I like. So when she came to me, like, oh, you have to hear this band, this song called Barton Hollow. I was like, okay, I'll check it out. Had no expectations at all. And it blew me away. Instantly, they became my favorite band. I love the Civil Wars. That was your first song that you heard of theirs. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yep. Brian introduced me to the Civil Wars. Um, so I kind of went through a phase the past couple years when I first started songwriting where I wasn't listening to a lot of music for a while and I was just kind of working on my own. So there was a few years there where I was, you know, where before I was like obsessively, you know, burning CDs and going to concerts, you know, probably multiple concerts a week, but then kind of like went introverted. And as soon as I heard them, I just, they really captured my attention because of um, yeah this their style um, and just the way that when you really look at the songs they're not super super complicated but they have these little flares once you start singing through it that it's not straight it's not simple it's not like any you ever heard before there's these little things that only they do with their voices and with their writing and singing yeah, fun fact too, when I was looking, when I auditioned Sarah for the Backyard Revival, I told her that I was looking for my Joy Williams. <laughs> and she looks a little bit like Joy too, especially yeah. with the dark hair. And I was like, um, can you sound like her? Is that? But obviously, even better. And that's no. why I love Sarah. <laughs> did you guys go to the show at the depot when they I came? I did, yeah. That I was did. before we met. Okay. But yeah, I went to that show. That was Were you there? The yeah. best show that I've ever been to. Yeah, it was, it was so good. It was awesome. It's my favorite show there. I've only been to three shows at the depot. Mm -hmm. Tell me that what you uh, liked about it or something you remember. I'm curious. Anything in particular? Just the just the chemistry they had. So when the, when they broke up, that's what mm -hmm. made it so devastating is their stage chemistry is yeah. just just beautiful. 
just yeah. the yeah, the energy yeah. they put in the room and the depot's pretty big too but mm-hmm. they just yeah. filled that entire oh place my gosh, with yeah, that, that, must have been that civil wars energy that just and they were so quiet when they needed to be and like you could hear a pin drop like yeah. it was packed but it was just quiet. everybody was dead silent just waiting for every every ounce of the civil wars they could go mm-hmm. and they broke up like a year later too that yeah. was really sad yeah, it was did, did you ever see him no i never got time? to see him live but um in, in when I watch um, like the music videos or just live videos offline, I definitely, of course, yes, notice their energy. <laughs> and um, I do also love the other dynamics. There is nothing quite like being a musician and playing a song. And then yeah. when there's either a pause in the song and the song's over, when all of a sudden you realize that everyone's gotten silent and everybody else realizes that it's silent, like it's such a reverent experience mm-hmm. and you can only do that when you're commanding the audience and something i've loved about playing uh the civil wars is that when we get to play their songs because the, the way the songs are written yeah. the way we can deliver we can have those moments too like we've had so many great moments yeah. at shows and house shows where like you know maybe when we get in the room we look at each other we're like uh oh this is a rowdy crowd we've got our acoustic guitars like are we you know are we, it's going to be a pass or a fail like we're it's either going to land or not and then um it's, it's really exciting when you reel a crowd yeah. in like that do you have a favorite civil war song or are they just all oh, so we were amazing? talking about that the other day i think my favorite if i had to choose and i'd hate to have to choose is sophie choice situation but i like tip of my tongue Mm-hmm. That's that's probably this, and this is B side off of their uh, Poison Wine um, EP, so it's not even like one of their main album songs, mm-hmm. but it's it's got this really cool dual melody thing, and we're doing it at the show, and it's just so much fun to sing and so much fun to mm-hmm. listen to, and the lyrics are so good. Lyrics what was that one that I liked? The um, Your mouth is a melody I've memorized. Ah, oh, it's such a good line. <laughs> they have so many good lines like that. But do you have a favorite song? Um, I so hard um, because they have a whole bunch of different ones that have different vibes but to be honest there's one that I kind of probably listen to the most which is the one that got away and I'm just if you know anything about me I'm kind of a angsty Scorpio girl so anything like a a revenge song I love that and they have so much attitude Mm -hmm. so that's probably my favorite and we are doing that one at the show Martin Hollow that one just because they just they just jam, which is, mm-hmm. you know, kind of set apart from the rest of the ones where it's a lot more. You know what's crazy? And, like, this is maybe tooting my own horn way too much. And you guys out there can be the judge of this when you come see us live. But um, we actually, we do most of their songs very similar to them. But, of course, there's always places that we make it our own. And there's a few subtle differences just in our delivery and Barton Hollow and I actually like our version a little bit better. I think we do it a few BPMs faster and I don't know it I don't know it's not maybe not better but it's like really on par with like theirs just by nature of like the their voice range is very similar to ours which is another thing that made this show really fun is that um, the we don't have to change any of the keys of the songs we can sing exactly like them and it feels good to us for yeah. the most part there's there's a few here and there but yeah one thing going back to the energy that they have one of the things that we're doing specifically for the show is 
Uh, we have a single mic, a ribbon mic, that's a figure eight, and so we're just standing on two sides, but we'll be actually closer than this, like yeah. all up in each other's laps to be able to sing this song, and like the whole show is going to be like that. And just yeah. Two voices, one guitar. When you're picking your playlist, your set list for, for the show, because you're already fans, do you choose stuff that like you are inclined to listen to or that you think like the fans of the civil wars would be like oh my gosh i can't believe they're playing this uh definitely the latter a little bit um we probably shouldn't say this but the other big part of it is just the ones that we can do mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah they are, it's so yeah, some crazy of them are. how they can do like two voices and a guitar and just have such a full sound like it's way more challenging than we thought when we first started oh yeah started planning it that's why we've just been dedicated to it for three or four months now. And yeah. And so mostly it's the, okay, this is, we were already coming. Yeah, what feels right. Eight, and so we only mm-hmm. had like 10 songs, but they were mostly the, the main hits or like what everybody would know. And a yeah. Bit of, there's a few that we like tried and we're like, okay, not that one. Yeah. <laughs> there's only one song I, that I think pretty much all, everybody that I've talked to when they've interrogated me about the set list, like Civil Wars fans and friends that want to come to the show, um, they've been very happy with the set list. I've only had one person who said that they were kind of bummed that we aren't doing the Billie Jean uh, song, what, Billie Jean, in their version. So other than that, I think we got all the main ones that you'd recognize, yeah. Did you try doing it just for the complete, completest in you, or? No, we didn't even try it. No, no. Okay. I just I wasn't really <laughs> called to it for some reason. Yeah. It's weird because I love that song and I love the Savoirs. It just didn't. And we are doing a few of their their covers. Like, and we are doing a few Dance of their covers. Of love and uh, between the bars. Yeah, between the bars. So we're doing a few of them, but we already we already knew those songs. Like I said, there's eight or nine that we have already been playing in our sets. And so like yeah, when it came, we listened through Billie Jean. It just didn't didn't jump out to us. I don't know if this has been introduced, um, but if anyone's listening, um, when you guys are listening, if you're wondering what we're talking about, um, we have a show, uh, a tribute show that's happening in Trolley Square at the Alliance Theater. No Um, way. I would have never have guessed. Is that what's happening? Yeah. Well, I just realized that we didn't introduce it. So I'm sure that when people are listening, they're going to be like, what are they talking about? My Um, mom's pretty confused anyway. So like, I'm just (laughs) saying, like... Oh, that's so funny. I don't even know what's going on. Sarah's <laughs> trying to be polite, uh, and I'm just, like, funny. all over the board. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah, anyway, so it's going to be, yeah, it's a concert. It's um, 15 bucks. It's going to be at the Utah Arts Alliance Theater in Charlie Square, January 28th. And, uh, 2023. 2023. And, yeah, we're really excited about it. And, yeah, I think that's pretty much the details. Oh, yeah, we have... Paul Jacobson um, opening. Yeah. I don't know if you are aware of him and the yeah. Madison Arm. Madison Arm is his band. He also is the founding one of the founding members of the Lower Lights. Okay. Lower Lights. Yeah, my brother-in-law has seen the Lower You'll Lights love quite a few times. His uh, saw that his Christmas voice. show. Yeah. So good. Paul's a gem. Going back to you guys. Oh, yeah. No. yeah. And your love you of music. You mean the Civil Wars, right? Like, <laughs> no, we're not going back Civil to the Civil Wars. Wars. No. <laughs> I want to know, okay, Brian, you're like a writer. Like, yeah. you, mm-hmm. do you do you both write yes. the songs? Yeah. It, yeah. Well, and, and co-writing is a big part of the music industry, and Sarah's the mm-hmm. first person I've ever co-written with. 
And so yeah. half, of, half of the songs on our album we both wrote together. So walk us through that session. How do you guys come, how do you do that? How do you write together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first song, um, I already had some guitar, I think the guitar um, chords and maybe, I think I got a chorus like that day. Mm-hmm. And so we were just uh, rehearsing in Sarah's house and I said, oh, I, I'd love to see what you can come up with melodies for this. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of played it and she kind of hummed some melodies mm-hmm. and then we talked about it. And I, I think yeah. this one, this is it's called Walked In and I think this is the one where you're like, this makes me think of this story that happened the other day. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. So obviously every little song is a little bit different and we've been tweaking our writing process. Mm -hmm. But yes, what I tend to start with is um, the melody that comes to mind, a melody centric and like mood centric. So a lot of times pretty much either Brian or I will have a couple chords that we've just kind of stumbled upon. We like it. We either record it or remember and then bring it to the other person. And then usually, yeah, my first step is to just kind of just let my brain just wander and just feel very open and receptive, not trying to like fit it into a box, but more expansive thinking. What does it make me feel like? And then just kind of keep throwing things and throwing things until something really inspires one of us. And yeah, yeah, I had had this really adorable uh, story happened at um, my house on Christmas. We have a big uh, friend party and uh, I watched uh, two people fall in love on our piano bench in the living room. Um, my roommate, yeah, he was out of the room and then came inside and there was this girl who was just kind of at the party who ended up at his piano because he's a piano player and she had a glass of wine with no coaster. Um, and yeah. And, uh, and I just, thought it was yeah. going to go the other way, that he was out of the room and then came back and saw somebody with <gasps> somebody else. Yeah. And he was fuming. No, my, <laughs> uh, my, my comment is, and he still dated her, even though she didn't have a coaster by the piano <laughs> with the wine. For a bit. <laughs> uh, you know what's so funny? I think that, um, yeah. And so I just started, um, for whatever reason, every process is different. A lot of times I'll write songs from my perspective, but for whatever reason, I really wanted mm-hmm. the experience of just me and Brian were like, okay, let's pretend we are them and let's talk it through. And mm-hmm. that's actually a style that we have used a lot in yeah. writing and particularly in co-writing. There's something about like, cause if it's inside my heart and it's very intimate and I don't even know it's hard to like talk about that with somebody but if we can have a a situation that we both relate to Mm -hmm. and then kind of like play characters it it, it really works we've done it with a few things like I do like Mm -hmm. that song yeah we pictured for a song called I do we pictured what it would be like to be getting married and like facing the world like just the two of you on your own and so we just kind of took a perspective and that one has a dual melody too kind of like tip of my tongue from the civil wars Mm -hmm. where we're almost singing over each other but we're kind of just weaving in this story together and then at the end we kind of basically are facing the dark with each other and that's Mm -hmm. yeah so they're just characters that we kind of created for that song Yeah, that song uh, Brian wrote the chords to, and and for some reason it felt it felt very romantic. And and when we started talking about like what it would feel like, like we wanted to get into the emotions of the nerve and the happiness on mm-hmm. a wedding day because neither of us had been married at that time. Yeah. And um, what we did is the the verses are actually the vows. So we sang, mm-hmm. we like had a conversation, and that's like how we wrote the verses. Yeah. And it's so cute. And romantic and mushy gushy. <laughs> yeah, you had mentioned Romance. earlier in the conversation about taking taking a break from music and just like really honing in on that writing 
do you find that, that during that time your style changed and then how you both ended up writing together? Um, yes. So I've definitely noticed it's been so interesting when I was younger and I used to imagine what it would be like to be a musician and, and songwriter. It was just this certain vision. And now that I do it, I realize it's this ever changing thing. And my style definitely does go through phases and it changes and people bring different things um, out. And because now we've been playing for so long, like mm -hmm. I, I take your guitar style, your singing style, we just start kind of melding. Yeah into one another. I don't know if you have a same. So Sarah and I, Sarah and I are music soulmates yes. is what we always say. And that is so like when we first started, it was, we weren't that different, but we've really grown together, yeah. like really, really grown together. A lot of the music yeah. style, especially, but like learning how to keep our voices blended and, and support each other while also like standing out and, and like everything you do as a, especially mm -hmm. a male, female duet. Yeah, so much, so much trust, and it takes a long time to build trust. Yeah. Like, whether it's no matter what kind of relationship you have, um, it takes a long time to build trust. We always had great chemistry mm -hmm. and just always got along and loved each other so much. But just going through so many ups and downs and getting to know one another and like learning how, learning our love languages and our nonverbal communication, it mm -hmm. just like allows us to be more supportive, better partners for one another, which in turn has definitely yeah. let us move to a next level in our music because we have that trust. Yes. Sounds like you guys need to teach a course in like <laughs> being a band. <laughs> we <laughs> probably <laughs> could. I actually you know it just it just sounds like there's something very unique that you have that yeah. you know when you your maybe your ideals of being a, you know a musician and your ideals of being a musician yeah. were totally different when you were separate and then mm. something about you two coming together made it very cohesive and I just don't think there are other yeah. I'm sure there are other bands that are that <laughs> good point, though. you know, but I, yeah. I'm listening to you both speak and I'm like, I feel like um, in, in other podcast interviews that I've done that there's only been one other band that I've really felt a cohesiveness like that among and that is so unique you're taking yeah. into I mean you said love languages like oh. yeah. people don't take that stuff into consideration even yeah. in everyday friendships mm -hmm. and relationships so that is yeah maybe you should start marketing no, that is what I'm really saying <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll look into that I, I love that I'd say a lot of it is because uh, Brian and I have spent a lot of time um, thinking about and talking about like the why mm -hmm. and we've both been very explicit because yeah. we've both been through um, not so successful musical partnerships <laughs> and we really yeah. take it so seriously and that's something I've learned that when I work with people musically I want to know why they're doing it and how they're doing it mm -hmm. and I want to be aligned with that because there's so many different ways you can do it like on the outside it just looks like oh that's a band that's a band but the experience is completely different and yeah. for both of us we were we wanted it to be a very intimate like close like sacred mm -hmm. like relationship and um it's been yeah very empowering and very fun yeah and i'm very took a lot very of cues from the savors which is why this show is so mm -hmm. special because yeah. we saw a lot of that like on stage chemistry and like yeah. their interviews and stuff and especially since they were not married to each other they had mm -hmm. spouses and like they could still be that close and that kind of you yeah. know cohesive and it's really yeah it is it is really nice like yeah just my um because like i do i i recently got married and um i also play music with my husband thank you i love you dan dan but um it is very refreshing and fun 
and good and healthy for me to have another person that I can go make music with and get get things out in a way where there's no like I don't know there's like a different perspective that I have that's been very healthy and very good for me Um, especially you know if if me and my, my husband get in a tiff or he's not seeing my perspective like we just have this yeah different place that we can go be and what advice do you guys have for others in their relationships and that can be both professional or personal um i can speak to the um communication is everything like we half of our rehearsal is is talking and a lot of it's just catching up on fun stories but a lot of it is this is what i'm going through and this is why this is what i'm feeling getting that kind of emotional maturity which is not easy for everybody but if you communicate what you're feeling, even if you don't know what you're feeling, that's everything. There's no such thing as over-communicating, in my opinion. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think also um, I recently rereading The Four Agreements, and um, uh, the first one is don't take anything personally, which I think is really great in relationships and musical relationships yeah. because it's hard to put yourself out there and have somebody ask, tell you that they don't like yours. Like, it's just hard. When you're putting yourself out there and you're singing or you're playing a note, even if it's, you know, like just an accident that your guitar wasn't tuned, if somebody looks at you and says, that doesn't sound good, like, you know, kind of hurts at first, you know? And what I've realized is like, yeah, to just separate um, your identity from what you're doing like okay yeah I sang a wrong note and it sounded horrible well, that's not my identity that yeah. was just a moment you know and it's the same thing in relationships somebody gets if somebody gets annoyed at you because you came home late rather than taking it personally like I'm a bad person it's like oh no my my husband or my roommate is cranky you know from their perspective so I'd say you like try to not take things personally yeah and have fun Oh, yeah, and fun, yeah. We have a lot of fun. Fun is definitely really, really important. And, um, I mean, obviously, yeah, communication is huge. Um, Respect. Yeah, respect. respect. And, like, the curiosity to understand where the other person is coming from. Like, I I remember hearing this person talk about um, it's, like, a way to change your mood. And I think it's, like, instead of, I can't remember if it's instead of, Basically, you ask why, um, like, instead of, like, no, it's how. It's, like, rather than saying I can't, you say how can I, where you ask, like, a question as opposed to just, like, having, like, a solid answer. Mm-hmm. I like that. I heard, because I heard that if you don't do that, like, you're kind of putting your desire onto them instead mm-hmm. of, and so you're like, well, right. no, this is what I have dreamed about you. Mm-hmm. For, this is your dream. This mm-hmm. is what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. As opposed to just shutting up and listening to, yeah. mm-hmm. how can I help you? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And in, in relate to that, too, there's this, uh, how do I explain this? Um, I may have lost my train of thought. Hold on. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> that happens a lot. It'll come back. Relationships are pretty good. Yeah. Are they? And they're really <laughs> shitty, too. They're, yeah, they're definitely hard. I mean, the thing that makes it hard is because you have that per- that accountability person. You have that mirror. And they they know they know where you should be. Like, 
they they hold you to higher accountability expectations you know what i mean and which makes it difficult because if you don't want to like get your shit together then you know and you have somebody there that's counting on you too it like it makes it more work, you know, but in the end, it's going to make you a better person, like more actualized to like what your full potential is. And um, 21, I've been married 21 years. And Ooh, congratulations. Yeah, I, I've had that growth over that time. And for a long time, I didn't have it figured out. But once I did, it just made things so much easier mm-hmm. on, on the three of us. Because we have a son, he's 16 now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, w- once I learned that, we're you know, where to be empathetic and sympathetic and all the thetics. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it makes things so much easier. Sounds so cliche, but it's cliche yeah. for a reason. Yeah. And professionally, that it's helped me, too, to be that way with the people I work with. Mm-hmm. So I was going to say collaboration. Um, I have this theory called the volleyball theory where my favorite, I was a decent volleyball player for a long time. And maybe still, I haven't played in a while. Um, <laughs> and, and like when I, my favorite games are when I'm the worst person on the court. Mm. And so like getting like musicians in a band uh, or, or anything like that, oh where yeah. like people that'll help you grow and like you can look up to and any kind of relationship. If you, like you were saying, like if they have their dreams and that's like, you can collaborate on that and that's where mm-hmm. like co-writing is really kind of cool and just like what we want for the band it's like oh that's an idea i never mm-hmm. thought to have and i really yep. like that idea and obviously like you're not going to be 100 percent, you know in line with everything right. but it's nice to have thoughts outside of yourself and dreams outside of yourself mm-hmm. that are like yeah that's that's a cool way to do it and that's you know that collaboration is it's way better than anything you do on your own it's like just all principle it's like more possibility like the when you get it's like i'm capable of 10 things and he's capable of 10 but then together we're capable of 25 which is more than 20 because together you You know you actually yeah yeah, and then yeah i love that about volleyball being the worst i love being surrounded by musicians that are better than me like brian has taught me so much on the guitar and Sarah too like this is what we've done vocally I wasn't the strongest vocalist when we first started together and it's we've grown together in that way which is really cool I I just love that you said that being around like musicians that are better than you because um, I recently had this conversation with my cousin because she's an author she's a young adult fantasy author Mm. and she's going to meet Brandon Sanderson who is Uh a very very popular young adult author Amazing. and she's like I just don't know what I'm gonna say to him and I was like I get it it's it's imposter syndrome right yeah. mm-hmm. but you guys are on the exact same level you are both writers mm-hmm. like that's where the line has to be cut yeah. and that's what you're gonna talk about you don't have to worry that he's like making more money than you and selling more books you're both writers right you both have experienced the same you know mm-hmm. ups and downs and you know like that's, that's yeah. where the line is and I, sure. I feel that that's that's what you're saying. And then yeah. with the volleyball, like being a cheerleader for someone, yeah. Yeah. like that's all I want to be my whole life is like cheerleader mm-hmm. for people. Like I, I, yeah. I, there's just something m- magical and amazing and just, you know, like you got this and, yeah. and that was an, you know, amazing riff or, you know, mm-hmm. way to bring it to the stage or whatever mm-hmm. it is that yeah. you're nice spike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also, I also really enjoy watching people succeed and watching people grow. And, um, we were talking about teaching earlier. So I actually started teaching voice and, uh, ukulele and guitar, like beginner guitar to kids and whatnot the past year. And it's been, and adults actually, I love teaching. I love, I love, I even love teaching hula hooping. I, I bought a ukulele, so I might 
There you go. Take me up on it. Yeah, yeah. I would love to. I've learned some things and it's very fun, especially I love teaching beginners in particular to oh, see yeah, somebody go from I want to play music to I'm I can play music, music is so rewarding to yeah. me. I love it. Okay, you guys have played traditionally at like intimate venues, like just mm -hmm. smaller settings. Where's your dream venue? Well, I was just going to say, side note, this past summer, I'd say it's probably one of my top favorite gigs. We played at uh, the O'Foam, the Ogden Arts. What the, it's, it it's the Ogden Music Festival. Ogden Music but Festival. But the uh, Ogden Friends of Acoustic Music, that's the O'Foam mm -hmm. organization, they put it on. And it was like a huge, huge stage, and there's like a lot of people there. And we just had like a little in-betweener set, but it was the biggest, it was the loudest I've ever heard my voice. And oh, it was wow. so disorienting when we went and got on stage. We were just at the edge of the stage and I started mic checking. And because it was like those huge racks of, yeah, just like dang. I had never experienced and I that I knew I was hooked. I was like, I'm ready for stadiums. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm ready to go there. <laughs> um, Red Rocks is definitely um, yeah. dream. Oh, and then in Nashville, the caves, the caverns. Yes. There's a there's a cavern venue mm -hmm. that's actually in the ground. That one for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, we like anywhere there's like good uh, the vibes. Room. Like there's just yeah, so we played this podcast. Um, a few weeks ago, and there was probably 30 people that was there. So funny. Yeah, that was. And a it great was show. just the perfect energy because everybody there loves music as much as we do. Mm -hmm. And it was just we hadn't played a show outside of or played any songs outside of Civil War stuff for a while. And it was just nice to be like, oh, that's right. This is why we do it. This is our yeah. our bread and butter, and it really connected to each person in the audience, and it's really kind of fun. So he asked about venues. If you, what's your dream opening gig? Who would you like? Phone call right now. Just called you. Civil Who wars after they got back not together. I would. I mean, I have so many. I would love yeah. to open for uh, the Fleet Foxes yeah. or uh, First Aid Kit. Those are two of mm. my personal favorites that I think yeah. might kind of work in this vibe. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and then. Um, uh, um, well, obviously, Elephant Revival if they weren't broken up. They got to go back together. Really? Maybe Johnny Swim or... Johnny Swim would be cool. Glenn Hansard. So Glenn Hansard and Marquetta Urglova from the movie Once are actually doing a Once tour again. <gasps> oh, They just yeah. announced that. And so that would be kind of a dream we gig. we got to find out when they're coming here. We, we can seriously let's pitch it. It's in August, yeah. So it I might need it an up. opener, <laughs> yes. a local opener. Let's yes, go. let's make that happen. I'll give you chocolate. Let's bribe these suckers. Yes. Chocolate gummies. Yes. Yeah. The chocolate gummy worms. I hear those are the best. <laughs> <laughs> We're all over it. That would be a fun one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those any are of our favorites. Of them. Yeah. Um, I really love Death Cap for Cutie yeah. too. Um, and uh, if uh, Amy Winehouse or Janis Joplin were still alive, mm -hmm. um, those as well. <laughs> Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton would be that cool. That would be cool. Jewel. Yeah. Yeah, Jewel, Jewel would be great. I'm down. Jewel. Any of those things for you uh, managers out there? There's not really any that we would say no to, so this is kind of a hard <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah. I w I w yeah, I will say... Even if we have to say who first? Who? <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, at, uh, I would love to, and honestly, we are getting kind of close in our progress here. This summer, we might be able to get an opening uh, Red Butte gig or mm -hmm. Twilight Series thing. Yeah. Like We're kind of locally... 
building that audience and so it's something definitely to shoot yeah. for and I could see it happening yeah. like this year or soon. Soon. We're going to try to play a lot of festivals and stuff this year, which do have a lot of the people mm-hmm. that we've mentioned, which would be cool. Yeah, the Arts Fest. So I played. We didn't not with the. We didn't play with the Arts Festival this year, but we're playing. But last year I played it for the first time, and it was really fun. We had like a huge crowd. I played mm-hmm. it with. I was uh, singing with the Gorgeous Gourds, and I'm very excited to hopefully get on stage with Brian there. Yay! Yeah, it was really fun. How can people find you? TheBackyardRevival.com, also on Instagram and Facebook, The Backyard Revival. And then both Brian and I have personal Instagrams and Facebooks, Brian Bingham and Sarah Little Drum. And yeah, yep. pretty much that. And I th- think we might be on like the bands in towns or all events. Yeah. Like we kind of have our, our, when we post our, our gigs to our website, they go to some of those automatic event generators. Um, But yeah, we, I I, um, like to use Instagram a lot. So that's how I I do it for more regular communication between people. We have an email list that we, um, we send out for people Mm -hmm. as well. But yeah, the backyardrevival.com pretty much has everything. It has links to our YouTube and our Spotify. We do have our, um, our first debut studio album out now. It's uh, called A Long Year. And it's amazing. I'm very proud of it. It's Can we buy it on, like, through your Apple. website? I think so. Sure. There's links. Yeah, there's links on there. We're on, like, I- anywhere iTunes. you listen to music. We're on yeah, Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on Yeah, you I'd rather everything. give you the money. We're, yeah, um, we can we'll take that. I do have pockets, so if you just want to. <laughs> yeah, we do, have, we do have hard copy CDs, and I think that, um, yeah, maybe <laughs> iTunes would be the. Yeah, I think the. Um, I'm trying to think. We don't have direct links on the website. We will, though. Mm-hmm. We I'll, I'll set put that some up. links in the show notes, too. Yeah. Thanks. Can yeah. we put some of your songs on this podcast? Yes, or please. Or one of your songs? Yeah. yeah. And mm. they brought instruments. We so could we play if you'd like. You want to do a, a quick live number or It's two. up to you. But yeah, we can, we can do our You guys want to do that? Yeah. You want to do a number? Yeah, um, we can do that. Yeah. yeah. I'm always happy to sing. Yeah. I'd I'm rather down. sing than talk, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm done to try it out. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Cool. Sweet. So we're going to pause for a moment, and then we'll be right back. I, think that, I don't know if the posters are in my car, but I wanted to bring one for the Civil War show. Yeah. To put one up here. Do you have a place that you can like? put it on the, even the doors. Cool. cool. Almost there. The winter makes it annoying. But I, I feel that spring, man. I, everything's melting. I'm so hopeful. The Backyard Revival, everyone. Oh my gosh, I already messed up. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> oh, come on, Sarah. You're killing us. We haven't done anything with Civil Wars in a very long time. (laughs) Take two. Oh, okay, now I remember, okay.
to be in a movie soundtrack, you guys. Yeah, totally picturing the montage and everything. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) that's a fun one. Yeah, that was uh, the first song that we wrote. um, It's called Walked In, and uh, that was the one we were talking about earlier, as you could probably tell with the lyrics. Coastering the piano, yep. I loved it. Thanks. Thank you very much. So, Sarah, you've mentioned other projects you're working on. Um, t- tell us a little about those, the gorgeous gourds. And yeah, um, so uh, I have a rock band called Uma Fuzz, and uh, that started during the pandemic. It's a four-piece, kind of like a grunge uh, rock kind of project. It's pretty good. I have a song called, uh, an album out called Question Show, and uh, we're working on our second album right now. And then I have kind of like a world folk jazzy blues project uh, called Year of the Human. And that one is, me and my husband started that one a while back and then it kind of took a break and now we're coming back to it and it's, um, it's pretty fun. And um, then yeah, the other Gorgeous Gourds is a, like a jam band, funk rock band, uh, a bunch of groovy guys that are just uh, down to have a fun time. That's kind of like a party band. We play like up at the ski resorts and we play a lot of like house shows and it's kind of playful and, um, yeah, and I just started singing backup vocals with uh, Jim Bone and the Dig as well. So, yeah, I'm a little bit busy. <laughs> Very busy. <laughs> Brian, are you working on other, other things no, as well? No, or I'm just primarily this? focused. Nice. I do play uh, upright bass in a bluegrass band called Lonesome Folk. Okay. But that's just on rare occasion. I'm kind of like their backup, backup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. being upright bass, you've got other members that... Mm-hmm. Um, help with 
um, the Backyard Revival. Tell us about, about yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Zaza Van Dyke uh, is our bassist. Uh, she's very, very, very talented. Um, also a solo uh, She's been with us, yeah. She's been with us uh, since the beginning, too. Mm-hmm. Up and on. Yeah, and then um, on the, the album that you'll hear, and then at a lot of our shows, um, we have a fiddle player by the name of Juliet Camille. Um, and... Uh, yeah, we've had a couple different transitions um, with violin or lead players, and so we're kind of thinking about going in the direction of someone who wants to maybe do um, like multiple instruments, like rather than just violin or just mandolin, maybe somebody who plays like banjo as well. And so we're kind of still trying to settle that in, like the permanent permanent member for the soloist, but. Um, Juliet's really amazing. She's a dear friend of us, and she plays at most of our gigs and things like yes, that. Do you need a cowbell player? And can <laughs> can I always use more cowbell? If somebody can teach me, <laughs> can I be in? Yes, I'm down. You have to bring your own cowbell. Though. <laughs> I have to get my own cowbell. I literally fired my drummer once when I had the band Bagley. I fired him because he used cowbell when he wasn't supposed to. <laughs> it literally don't give me that look. I would be a novice. <laughs> no, now I love cowbell and I understand it. But I was just having a bad day, and it was, it was a really funny story. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. Each play, each play at least three instruments on stage. Mm-hmm. So but getting a fourth player that, you know, has multiple instrument capabilities would be really good. Yeah. Cool. yeah. And as you heard on that last song, we, like, we can each play lead as well. But mm-hmm. we, like, we do like having a fourth. And Julia is so talented. So it's, it's Yeah, she's really, she's really ripping, and she's really fun to have along. She's just very, um, she's very busy. Yeah. And she's very high demand, you know what I mean? Because yep. she's just incredible. Oh, so. she is so high maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> that Juliet is way high maintenance. Uh, <laughs> Actually, she's not for that people that don't know, she's anything but high maintenance. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's so I like, thought you were, yeah. She's totally the opposite of that. She's so chill. Yeah, yeah she's, she's a, a, a cow girl for sure at, at heart. Raised by a pack of dogs <laughs> on a farm. So she's a country girl. She knows how to wrangle you. <laughs> So after the show, Nick, we, what's next? What, what? Uh, we're playing Gracie's for the first time in February. That'll be cool. February sixteenth. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, and then just we're we're not a ton that we can announce, but we're working on getting into a lot of festivals. Like we're saying, that's going to be our yeah. Big. Trying to get out of town. We have a goal to play in three states we've never played in before. Yeah, um, festivals, tours. We're kind of in the now that we have this first studio album, and we have like a lot of. Um, performance under our belts we're kind of looking in the more like businessy direction of like yes like seeking out possibly manager bookings and things like that finding the festivals we want finding those venues that finding those artists that like kind of go well with us and you know pitching playlists and things like that you know um, music videos Um, we obviously want to get some music videos done Mm -hmm. so it's a little bit more like admin slash vertical work than just like the regular grind I mean we have we always are going to have tons of gigs popping up left and right you know especially in the summertime you know bars restaurants house parties things like that which is chocolate shops exactly chocolate shops definitely definitely the most fun ones for you guys treat us so good here speaking of music videos i i found the the civil war sessions that you guys did a couple years ago yeah that was a halloween thing actually we decided there was five songs we already covered and so we filmed a whole session that was just civil war stuff but we like dressed like them and just kind of did a whole like halloween thing 
Yeah, I'll put, I'll put it in the notes, but when they're performing, yeah. it's in color, and then, like, the, the bloopers and behind the scenes yeah. are in color. It, it, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, that was a fun Yeah, that was so funny. Those style. bloopers, that was so fun. That was, like, my first time seeing, um, like, raw footage of myself, kind of in a different way. Like, not acting, not social media, not doing anything, just, like, actually being me. And um, I told Brian, that. I don't know if you remember, but I, I, it, was, it was quite a gift yeah. for me to, like, understand myself in that way. It was really interesting. I remember just being like, oh, wow, okay. That is me. Kind of annoying, but kind of cute <laughs> and funny, but yeah. The real Sarah. The real we, Sarah. The real me, exactly. Yeah, we do videos sometimes, and I, mm. I, I see myself, and I'm like, oh, I'm a mouth breather. Facts that are good to know about yourself. Sorry. <laughs> I'm short. No, I really have nothing to say. To <laughs> I was ending you with the mic specifically about that. Just if you had any comments. I'm a fidgeter. I'm like constantly doing this, mm. like yeah. constantly moving my hair. Same. Um, it's one of my bad habits. I just think when you have long hair, it's just what we do. <laughs> so you're right. Yeah, I'm it is what we do. I'm kind of new to long hair, and it's it's, oh, a, yeah, it's Brian, a whole yeah. journey. I started growing it out it's of the amazing. pandemic, so it's just I've always had short hair my whole life. So I'm learning. I love things. Brian's long hair, by the way, y'all. It looks really great. I'm very it's proud of it. Gotta look him. more like John Paul White. So look, it's so cute. <laughs> I miss hair. I miss having hair. <laughs> oh, you have good hair. It's nice. It looks nice, healthy, and thick. Oh yeah, my, my beard's it's nice. Not, it's yeah, just it's not long and wavy. Yeah. I know. Sorry, it's not fun. <laughs> anyway, Brian can give you some <laughs> tips. Well, I just have this weird bald patch, so I'm afraid to. It happens grow so it out. much. Yeah. It happens. Mm. I don't under. I forget. I know I've learned because one of my guy friends he got that when he was like, no, it was before he was even thirty because it was when we were. He was like twenty-seven. <laughs> just randomly, <laughs> something it. genetic. I know. I feel bad, but. Other than that, I mean, put a hat on. He has been. He's worn a hat for like five years now. So, yeah, I think that's what caused mine. Is I wore hats. Oh a yeah, lot. it might be. Kids at home, don't be wearing hats out there. About balance. Some days As hats. I wear a hat. The PSA. Yeah, the PSA, PSA. Yeah. Do not wear hats. Well, it's or the maybe latest wear news. Hats. It's the latest craze. <laughs> the pandemic of hats. No. Yeah. If you want to. Okay, go ahead. You can wear it if you want. <laughs> Optional. <laughs> yeah. Let's do the bonus, man. Oh, do the bonus, yes. The first bonus question is, what does creativity mean to you? Um, I realized at one point somewhat recently when I had to take a break from music, I think it was during the pandemic, maybe even before that a little bit, but I realized that what I enjoy is not necessarily the music and it's not like the writing, the performing, all that kind of stuff, but I enjoy creating. So like I do a lot of film stuff. So any of the videos you've seen, I actually did those videos. I edited them, I filmed them, did the whole thing. Um, and so I just, and not just content too, because I, I'm a massive, massive Lego fan. So I build a lot of Legos. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, the two, so creativity to me is that, that spark inside that turns into creation, that makes something. And I, mm-hmm. my favorite thing in the world has been creative. Yeah, I, I love that. It it takes you back to like the actual mean like cre- so creativity. You it's it's the actual like yeah. bringing things into existence. Um, I love that. I um, creativity for me also is kind of about that what that spark is that makes you want to create. Um, so before something is created, um, 
this might get a little woo woo for y'all out there, but in our <laughs> what from Sarah woo <laughs> in our second chakra, um, or you could I, for you know some of us our womb area, um, but all of us have an area where an energetic womb, which is is the point of it's called the creativity chakra, and it's the point in which um, we we build a desire and a, and a need and a want to do something, and then that's before it gets into the action. So for me, creativity is almost like love and it's hope and it and it's curiosity where it's like like in the end the creativity leads me to actually create something but before the thing is created that thing inside um, that makes me want to do it is um, it's almost like it's, yeah, it's almost related to, to love like where it's like if you're willing to be creative it's like you're willing to find joy, you're willing to find wonder, you, you have this sense of engagement um, with things, that um, like this playfulness. Uh, and I think that creativity is absolutely essential and that the world has, in a, in a dearth for creativity, there's a lot of content creators, but the concept of creativity and creativity for creativity's sake art for art's sake you know not just so other people can see it like that really is the gift for the artist and we need to remember that it's that process of self-expression that is the meat I guess of it you know the end result is important because like that is the healing right for the for the people like I think as artists a lot of times you know we are the we're the channel or the medium for other people to live vicariously through us to experience things, and it, and it's, um, it's very important. Okay, I just noticed, you guys have tattoos. We do. Is it we a have band matching tattoo? tattoo? Yeah, just, it is. Just the two of us. Yeah, just this is um, our matching tattoo. So Sarah's is in Spanish, but it may, they both say "This too shall pass." Mm -hmm. what, what does it say again? "This too shall pass." And mine says "Esto también pasará." which is this two shall pass in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's my way of uh, staying present. Um, growing up, I always heard this phrase in times when I was going through something hard. So like, don't worry, it's going to pass. Don't worry, it's going to pass. It's not forever. But if you think about it in times of good, happy times too, then it keeps you present. Like knowing that this great, amazing time is going to pass. Like, will Take make advantage you, of it. Yeah, yeah, keeps you in the present, keeps you in it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah. It's good to stay present. So that's that was my first tattoo, actually. This is my second. Totus viribos. Yeah, he just got that one too. That one's yeah, really like cool. Tell him about ago. that. So this is uh, Latin for "with all one's might." So anything worth doing is worth doing all the way. I Totus love it. Viribos. I love it too. Nice. Mm -hmm. Do you have any more tattoos? Sorry, um, I actually, <laughs> I, I do have a few. So. Um, this one uh, it's on my right hand so I purposely got this in my microphone hand so that people could see it and ask me about it and it's a for those of you at home it's a janky little spoon it's a spoon but this is to remind myself to look at things right side up and not upside down to flip the spoon mm -hmm. the concave convexness yeah. you know it makes things upside down and I've gone through issues of um, like self-image you know like a lot of us and just in general like realizing that perspective is so important and sometimes when I feel like I have this problem sometimes it's just a matter of 
flipped, flipping the perspective where it's like the degree of it. Hi, love you. Great to see you. Robin Pendergrass in the house. Yeah, they're fans. <laughs> they, their fans come out just to yeah, see them. Yeah, we're just hanging record out. The podcast. Um, but yeah, so I got that spoon there to, to remind me about that. And um, recently I actually just got my first big leg piece. It's a big art piece and it's, um, it's a rabbit and a moon and flowers and it's um, rabbits. I've had rabbits the past couple years and they are very innocent and playful and hopeful and just there's a purity to their energy that's different than dogs and cats. And uh, this year is year of the rabbit. Yep, we doing it. And I have a couple other little ones. I have an ohm symbol on my ankle, and then I have a, a heart here. Um, that's it. Yep. Yeah. I only have one. It's a Beatles lyric: "Living is easy with eyes closed." Oh, I love that. And yep. All my future tattoos will be Beatles related. I love the Beatles. Actually, we didn't get into this, but they were my first and still probably my number one favorite band yeah. ever. Can't go wrong. Named my kid after John Lennon, so that, that's Aww. how. And we had a dog named Ringo, so we, we're all in. With good reason. <laughs> I mean, I'm still constantly learning things yeah. about music from them, and a lot of times it's the simplicity, it's the soul. Yeah. I, I learned an interesting thing about Paul is um, during interviews, if he doesn't like the question, mm-hmm. he'll he'll do a scratch with the middle <laughs> finger, or you know, just he'll. I love it. <laughs> That's is that, that like why you, you mean always do that to me? <laughs> <laughs> Never. Truth comes out. <laughs> is that subconsciously, or you mean on purpose, so they like move on, or just to as no. insult them? Because I angry. think to insult them. I nice. think he, he d- yeah That's he does fun. it on like purpose. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's so funny. I'll keep an eye out for that. And then uh, the second bonus question is: Who's your favorite Muppet, and why? Ooh. You know, I really connected. I'm Kermit for sure. Um, but I really like Peppy the Prawn. He's so funny. <laughs> Why is that? So, so funny. He just has this really good line in Muppets from Space. Muppets go to space. What's the space one called? From Space. From Space. That. That sounded, yeah. Where he, the, he makes this fancy din- uh, lunch and then it gets knocked over and so he's like, correction, <laughs> today we'll be serving bologna sandwiches. <laughs> and it's just like the way he said it. I just like But Kermit's always my favorite. Like that's just, he's, you can't go wrong with Kermit. A lot of life lessons from that guy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Miss Piggy um, for multiple reasons. One, I don't really know much about them. And number two, because she's a diva. (laughs) And I think it's really important to have positive diva role models out there because women especially, we get taught to like be quiet and sit down and be well behaved. And the positive attributes of the diva archetype are about being loud and being proud and being bold and being lavish and entertaining. And I just resonate with that. But you don't want to be a mean diva and you don't want to be uptight. So it's like she has a lot to work on. Um, (laughs) But I believe in I believe in her power. Listening to you talk and just the way that you feel about the world and speaking of divas, you very much remind me of Lady Gaga. And I hope that you get that all the time because she She is amazing. I've gone a few few times, actually. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yes, it's a good compliment. It is. It is. And then lastly, in the movie of your life, who would you like to play you? Can I play me? All right, Lady Gaga. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, I just did it. Thanks for sending that. Winter's Coming. We actually have a song called Winter's Coming. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> Sean Bean would be good. 
I've gotten Chris. Oh, what's his name? Chris O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, is that his name? Mm, well, um, no. What about Batman? the the Aquaman guy? Oh, you got what's his face? My, uh, yeah, my cousin's uh, daughter. She's probably eight or nine years old. I we went to this funeral recently. I haven't seen her for at least five or six years. Yeah. And she was whispering something to her dad, my cousin, and she's like, "Well, you can tell him." And he's like, "Yeah, she thinks you look like Aquaman." <laughs> and I yeah. was like, "That is the best compliment." Yeah, he can. I, I think Jason Momoa would take do. that. Yes. I'm just going to go throw some more axes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I would rule the world of the water, yeah. 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 I was actually going to say, like, Jason Momoa actually is such a great actor, and I've been seeing him in more things, and he's really dynamic, so I really would love to see him as a sensitive artist type, but still, like, yeah. buff, hot Jason Momoa, you know? And, um, yeah, I, yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's good. What about you? Um, I, I just said Lady Gaga. Cause oh, I was going to say that too. <laughs> to be honest, like, I've been getting that for so long. I'm Italian. She's Italian. We're yeah. very similar. Like, we actually really are. And um, I just, I just love her people vibe. Old, older than us, but still. Oh, yeah. yeah. So when we're old, when we're in our 70s and still playing, there'll be young people that aren't even born yet that yeah. will play us. At the, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's hard to pick. But I, um, I do definitely hope someday somebody makes a movie about my life because it would take way too long to write a book. If, <laughs> if nobody else does, I will. Brian, get on that. I'm, it's on, yeah, it's yeah. on the list now, for He's sure. the film, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. He, he's so on it. I'll just do one right now. <laughs> I do want to say I think everybody should write at least one book or try to write a book at some point in their life because yeah. I think we all have valuable things to teach and share about our stories. I like that. Well, I story. love you guys. Thanks Thank so you. much. We yes. love you. So, yeah. Thank you for all you do to the... So let's, let's recap. Um, so the Civil Wars tribute mm-hmm. at the Alliance Theater, and that's at mm-hmm. Trolley Square, mm-hmm. correct. correct? And the 28th, mm-hmm. at what time? Is 7 p.m. Night? Doors open at 7. Mm-hmm. Paul Jacobson will do a little half hour set, and then we're up. Mm-hmm. And tickets are 15, and they'll 15 be 20 pre-sale, at the door. Yeah, 20 mm-hmm. at the door. Yeah, yeah, 15 pre-sale, 20 at the door, and... Um, yeah, January 28th, you go, you walk into Trolley Square and you walk all the way to the back, um, past the brewing, uh, Desert Edge Brewing, and it's um, on the left. There's two different, like, little areas there. Yeah, well, that's And it's cute. It has um, seltzers and beers available for purchase there. They have their license, and there's um, local art in the yeah. little area, and then, then you walk in, the separate room is like a theater red curtain mm-hmm. spotlight it will be a great date night yes. just saying I'll, or I'll friend night i'll be going alone <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i'll be there and jonathan king will probably be there nice cool we are and so looking forward to it yeah yes thanks for coming on thank you bye peace out whoop, whoop. bye <laughs> the podcast is done man <laughs>